This episode of Verbal Tap brought to you by NogiBJJGear.com. Use the promotional code VerbalTap15 to get 15% off of your order. Do it! Conor McGregor was, well, actually, I don't even know what he was minus. I know Dustin Poirier was plus 270 when he connected in the second round, bringing a smile to a few gamblers' face. Not many of us were brave enough, which means it's time for Verbal Tap, the show that proves fighting way easier from outside the cage. Inside the cage, they'll kick you in the leg. We don't do that here. I am your host, Kevin. With me, of course, Raph Esparza. And we have a guest on the line already, but let's just give it a second. Raph, first, digest. How are you? Me calf, me calf hurts so much. <laughs> he uh, he was pretty funny right after with the like, you got to be in this game. It's like, yeah, <laughs> that's definitely what you got to do. Ever been kicked in the calf that hard, Raph? You played soccer. I did play soccer for many a years. Um, if you had kicked me in the shins when I was the age of, what, 16, it would not have registered. If a cool breeze hits my shin now, not so good. So I know what it's like to have your tolerance lessen over the years. But I think Conor McGregor, who didn't look terrible in the first round, but maybe started checking kicks. And when he ended up catching a couple of those kicks and didn't really start to run uh, him down on those, uh, kind of look back with missed opportunities. But Kev, Connor was all over the place. And I know the UFC talks about maybe not always interviewing people after they get knocked out, but guess what they went to go do with him? <laughs> well, he was waiting. He was right there. Yeah. Mm. So I was like, Oh, I go before Dustin, right? It's like, no, you now you're second. Sorry. Here with us to help break down the fights. And it takes a man's courage to show his face. Red Jitsu, Mr. Richard Red, Alec Hall. <laughs> Combat jiu-jitsu specialist, all-around badass, and usually looking good, which means I assume you also shop at xmarshall.com and put in verbal tab for a discount. How are you? I'm good, man. I uh, I had a good time watching those fights myself. It was uh, really entertaining ones last night. Kev, can I break a little bit of protocol here and give you a little bit of spy information that I have on Red? Yeah. Okay. Red, can you confirm or deny the fact that when the fights were happening, you were working out? Uh, I can confirm that I wasn't. <laughs> okay. Because Red, on his Instagram story, was putting up his usual brand of inspirational, let's work out together sort of uh, stories that he put on. But I saw that he had these workout stories. And I go, bro, I'm drinking and I'm watching fights now. I don't need you making me feel bad about not working out right this second, dude. No, I definitely got some uh, some working out in right before and then uh, went to watch the fights. Good for you. But, Kev, here's the other reason why that's important to note. And I can't believe we didn't talk about it last week. But it's just announced that Red will be participating in the next combat jiu-jitsu in Cancun, Mexico. And that is taking place in March Red, how stoked are you for that, man? I'm pretty happy about it. You know what I mean? I get to get back in my element, uh, do some damage. You know what I mean? I kind of miss, miss those kind of tournaments. Um, you know, it's going to feel good to palm strike some people. 
Well, I know that you did an IBJJF, and I guess I'm always begging to ask this question is, when you go back from combat jiu-jitsu, is there ever the impulse in the IBJJF rule set where you go, Jesus, I wish I could? Oh, always. You know what I mean? Because a lot of the time, most of the people are just kind of stalling, holding on. And you just wish you can just like, you know, give them a couple, you know what I mean? <laughs> I don't really know what you mean. I honestly, maybe it's because I have too much fear in my heart for retribution. But yeah, because you have the time. You're good enough at jujitsu. But when you say people are stalling, it's no gi. How is that in the guard? What are they doing? Or in your opinion, they're yeah, just. They used... Well, I know for my, my, uh, one of my matches, uh, the guy just literally, um, held me from guard and you know hugged me he literally hugged me to where there was no separation for a good minute and a half the last minute and a half he hugged me the whole time while i was in his guard so that's a good uh good stall <laughs> wow fair enough well clearly should that happen at combat jiu-jitsu we've seen your work in there and i'm very excited that you're getting to go back because you know man we we felt for you when there weren't too many opportunities i know you're always staying ready but uh i i just couldn't believe that we forgot to mention that last week so uh super happy for you good trip good ability to get on out there so we're very much looking uh forward to that let's talk a little bit about the matter i wish i'd known this before last week's bets i would have bet him the cancun (laughs) spot i'd have been like i get to come with you to cancun i'm your super important training partner (laughs) damn it I, I hate to tell you this, but he's got a very solid coaching uh, crew, one might say. So I, I don't think he's going to swap out uh, anybody named Jiva for you anytime soon. <laughs> That's why soon, it's a but... bet, Raph. Come on. Come. Okay. Just saying. <laughs> if All there right. were no stakes, well... it wouldn't be fun. <laughs> so, Red, Next time. I need to ask your initial <laughs> reaction to seeing the fight. What was your reaction to seeing Conor McGregor getting knocked the hell out? Oh, dude, it was it was insane. Like, just the onslaught that Poirier, you know, the last couple punches were insane. He was, you know, very accurate with those those punches that he was landing. And then the uppercut just put him down. It was a nice one. Kevin, you famously texted me while I was on air doing a fight companion. And would you care to tell people what you texted me? I would absolutely love to because I have the same reaction I had when I watched my wife uh, take my Manscaped thing. I went immediately over, put in verbal tap, got another one for discount. It was shocking to see the completion, I'm sure, for the rest of America. I just texted you, yes! (laughs) There's a moment... Go ahead. On air, Kev, where I swear to God, I'm reading your text and I don't even say anything. I just smile and it's all nonverbals. But I know when I looked back at that footage, it's just there's a scene happening in front of us. I'm taking it in myself. I look down and I see you following up with, we needed this. <laughs> the, uh, it felt good. Um... But if do you remember the documentary with Dustin Poirier? I mean, he just I'm I'm pretty sure it was Fighter, right? Documentary. Yeah. Fightville, the 2011 film. Since that moment when I watched it on Netflix at like 9 a.m. on a Saturday, I've been in love with him. He's amazing. He deserved this win and this payday. 
And I was surprised when he started picking apart that front leg. And the takedown mm-hmm. early would just look like uh, he was moving at a different speed. It was amazing. The takedown was nice because it showed, if anything, that he was actually implementing some of the things that he saw work with Connor with Khabib. So it was nice to see him have a former opponent that he goes, you know what? I think I'm going to do that to Connor. And I won't be as dominant there, but that's not going to allow him to do his nonsense. And then in between the exchanges, there were some good shoulder shrugs, which, I mean, to Connor's credit, still look really, really impressive. But I have to tell you, the knockout was superb. But you know what was the actual best moment of the entire evening? Um, the interview after Connor's. Mm, that no. was good too. No. The whole best moment of the evening went on for approximately two hours, Kevin, and it was watching the Dana White crushed dreams reactions because <laughs> there are photos of him staring at Dustin Poirier as if he ruined and spoiled the party. There's also footage of him having to eat crow uh, at press row in the post presser and famously to the point where Dana White even had to concede that Khabib looked at him and said, Dana, come on, I'm leagues ahead of these guys, reportedly, to which Dana goes, yeah, that fight's probably not going to happen now. So, the rest of us knew, probably not going to happen, but yesterday, Dana finally got it through his head. So, with all of that in mind, let's take a moment here. What do you think you would like to see happen to Dustin Poirier? Red, I'll ask that of you. Um, I think he should uh, get the next. Uh, I mean, obviously, I think he should have the belt personally. But um, you know, they're probably going to put Chandler and um, I, I. I think Chandler and Albero should be fighting, and then whoever wins out of them should be fighting Poirier for the title. That is an educated fan response, and I appreciate every element of that because it's the same response that when they were asking. Well, Dustin Poirier, what do you see happening? Do you want to fight Chandler? His response, Kev, and this made me so impressed with the way he was conducting himself was, why? I've been here for like 20-some-odd fights working my way here. This dude showed up on one fight and is going to be fighting for a title? Come on. No, as far as I'm concerned, I'm the champ. And you know what? I don't want that fight because it doesn't excite me. How about Charles Oliveira and him fight each other and then they can fight me because in my mind, I'm the champ. But if they try to bring me back for anything else, I think I'm just going to sell some hot sauce. That, to me, was Dustin Poirier saying, I, you know, if Khabib's not going to be here, I'm your guy. I would like to redo Red's answer, Raph. Ask, I'm mm. Red. We're going to do a little, um, r- little improv game. I'm Red. Ask me, like, what's next for Dustin Poirier? Hey, uh, Red. Yep. What is next for Dustin Poirier? He needs to sign his ass up for combat jujitsu in Cancun here in <laughs> oh, a few no. months and come get the whooping he deserves. <laughs> there you go. Promo. Cut it. <laughs> uh, He's hey, a, I know. I was about to say, I was like, I know Red put on a little bit of muscle, but I think we'll be seeing him uh, eating a little bit looser if that's ever going to be the case. <laughs> Imagine that. You wouldn't have to diet at all. Mm. Actually, they both looked good at 155, didn't they? As they were walking in, they were like, this is Connor's strength weight. It's like, wait, what? <laughs> no, it's 
That's unequivocally not true. What are you talking about? But they looked good. They looked beefy. Yeah, I believe uh, Frosto said famously on the Fight Companion, he, oh, man, Dustin Poirier looks stacked. This go, okay. This is a huge F you to Dana's payday, though, isn't it? I mean, I love Dustin Poirier, but Dustin, and maybe, well, I don't know. So let's go two routes. You all tell me which you think it is. Route one is the obvious. That's Dana's face. You've ruined it. Like, I can't, he can't, who is he now? He's worthless. It's like a racehorse. It's just like, I might as well put him out to pasture. I love that Connor was like, you know, you got to be in this. You got to be fighting. It's like, yeah, you're 32. You should have been in this. You should have been fighting for the last three years when you're in your effing prime. That's kind of the obvious narrative. Maybe it, it works out. To me, it's option two. Like, this is Khabib maybe being interested in fighting someone now. Right, maybe he'll step up and before Michael Chandler gets his New Jersey shot, he just looks like he should be from New Jersey. I have no idea if he is. It really felt like maybe this is a fun turn because Connor has not been great, at least in his last few few years of outings. He's had moments of okayness. So I don't know what's better ultimately for the UFC. We know what they wanted. Let me throw this out here. And this is just my thought, and I'll get read your reaction to it, which is I feel we're at a point now where Conor McGregor is just an attraction fighter. Now he exists on a separate island of, you know, he doesn't have to fight for a title. He can fight and still have very entertaining and fun fights. Him versus Cowboy Cerrone, that's an interesting fight that exists in its own world. Now you talk about the fun of maybe Conor McGregor can fight a Tony. And that could be fun because it doesn't have title implications just at this moment. But it's still intriguing enough. Uh, what does Donald, you know, Colin McGregor look against Hooker? What does he look like against some of these other guys in the division? It could still be very interesting. I know that somebody pitched, I think it was me, uh, on air before Ariel did, which was, you know, Connor and Diaz 3. Sure, why not? At this point, who cares? But here's an interesting thing that Dustin Poirier kind of... He didn't lose me on this, but he definitely made me go, oh, what? When he mentioned after a hot fire rant of I'm your champion, I've already beaten these guys. I'm just the uncrowned guy. When they did ask him, who do you see that you'd like to fight if it's not Chandler then? And you could say maybe you could throw Oliveira in there. You could throw all these other people in there. He's like, you know, Nate Diaz. He's always running his mouth. I'll fight that guy. Or, you know, I'll fight Connor again. And to me, that's indicative of a guy who wants a payday. Now, Red, as a competitor yourself, hearing that, do you think that he is chasing a belt or is he just trying to make a statement while at the same time getting paid? Are we talking about Connor or Poirier? This is Poirier. Poirier was saying, you know, I'm interested. I'm not interested in fighting these guys because I'm already the main champion, even though I'm not crowned. Yeah. But you can pair me up against Connor again for number three because that'll sell. Or you can pair me up against Nate Diaz, a guy who's famously really not hanging out at the 55 division. Well, I mean, at that point, it definitely is money. You know what I mean? Uh, if he already feels like he's the champ, you know, I mean, him fighting these money fights, he's definitely going to make more money. Yeah, I mean, I know he has a lot of uses for that money, you know, his charity and then his personal. So that would be, you know, what I'm thinking. Obviously, if he was trying to be, you know, as competitive as possible and, you know, he wants to, 
you know, beat the best. Oliveira would be a, a good one, obviously. And then Chandler, of course. There's some names out there. There's, there's some hungry fighters that are waiting for a shot. You know what I mean? And, you know, Connor's already been at the top. He's kind of comfortable. He's already, you know, he was dominant against the 145-pounders, but when he went up a weight class, you know, he was pretty much even. He didn't have an advantage, you know, you know what I mean? Uh, but definitely Poirier's going after the money now. He's earned it, you know what I mean? He's he's put in the grunt work. He's, he's fought everybody. He's been, he's, you know, he's, you know, a company man. So he's, he's been at it a while. I think he deserves a little bit of money. I think it's his time. As a fan, would you rather he solidify that championship for real? Or are you okay with him doing those big fights? Does Which interests you more? I mean, obviously I want to see him and can be going more time. But um, personally, I think him and Connor have one more in the, in the, in the tank. Yeah, I mean, they're one and one. They both knocked each other out. That should be the, the main fight for, for, you know, those two, obviously. Uh, just to break and, that tiebreak. Because you don't just go one and one and then, you know, don't face off that one last time. It's unfinished business. Well, you can talk to me about that, motherfucker. <laughs> I have some issues with one. Anyway, what I can tell you is this. Yes, I'm with you on that. I feel what you're feeling on it. I would add the following, which is Dustin Poirier seems pretty happy doing what he's doing, making a threat, saying, I'm not going to come here for your, your stupid fights. I'll sell hot sauce. Great line. Love it. He was also saying, Kev, in the fight week lead up that he hates this now. When and they I didn't pushing on that it. was said ten times. By the way, I I have a confession to make, Raph. I didn't watch mm. all the fights because it was movie night with with my lady, and it was her turn to pick. So we watched F- F- Fatal with um, <laughs> Hillary Swank, and oh my god, whoo! It did not disappoint. I will say I'm not upset. <laughs> I missed some of the fights because I, I ultimately arrived just as Michael Chandler was coming to the cage. It was like, perfect. Sure. But and if anyone wants to talk about Fatal, I have thoughts. It really spoke to me. It's a it's a thriller of a film. That guy's having a rough day. Be careful in Vegas. You know, that's really what that movie said. Anyway, <laughs> the biggest part that I heard from Every single other phrase that wasn't about Conor McGregor was, you know, is this maybe Poirier's last fight? Like, is he done? And it was like, I was so late to the party, I didn't know what they were talking about. So mm-hmm. that, it wasn't until later that I heard the comment, and I was like, oh, it must have been really subtle at first, and they have ballooned it into this, he's retiring subtext. Cause, <laughs> but that was confusing to catch up on. Apparently, the context that we got in the post presser was he said to DC allegedly at some point that he's tired of this. And, you know, of course, DC, the drama queen that he is, is going to play that up as being, you know, this guy can't even look at a mat anymore. I feel bad for him. He should probably just stop doing this because that's all he knows how to do. It's, it's a very singular version of a fight hype thing. What I will tell you, though is he was saying what he didn't like, they eventually gutted it out of him. And he's like, dude, I don't like having to come here for two weeks. And all I can think about is the fight. It's driving me nuts. Plus the quarantine that I have to do to go back home. Like, I hate 
this. He goes, the only thing I like is the fight. So they but didn't even get it right. Two weeks into contextually, <laughs> they were they just no. glided right back. Okay, cool. Yes. However, I think the nice thing about this whole element is last week we were told a fairy tale that Dana White said Khabib's going to come back if he saw something impressive. Kev, were there not two fucking impressive things that happened in front of our faces yesterday that said, oh, that should merit a return if that's the real story? Let's get to that backflip now that Michael Mm -hmm. Chandler did off the cage. It was actually kind of a backflip and then a tumble. Made me think yeah. he. It made me have a moment where I was like, I would like to see his floor routine in gymnastics. Oh, I'm wasted. Cool. <laughs> he did the biggest backflip, but after beating the shit out of Hooker and of our picks, which we'll get to, that was my biggest. Like I was really. I love Dan Hooker. I love him. He was like, I'm going to welcome you to the UFC, whatever accent he has. I was really jealous of your pick, Red, on that one. Got his ass kicked. Knocked around. Did he say why he threw his gloves off? Did we ever get that? I was wondering the same thing. I Because normally you're not allowed to take your your gloves off. I was kind of wondering, like, oh, what's... Is that a rule? You're not allowed to? That kind of explains, but he was like... Ignoring the ref, somebody was yelling at him. You could kind of hear it because it's not as much of a crowd. It was awesome. He's just like, go. It looked like me when Amazon goes crazy, just trying to rip the box apart. But I was waiting <laughs> yeah. to hear. I don't have any news for you on that because um, at the end of the night, they asked Dana if he's spoken to any of the people. And I think the only person Dana said that he spoke to was Khabib. And, you know, that included a almost spit take kind of reaction from Dana when they asked, hey, Dana, have you talked to Connor? Um, no, no. <laughs> like, that's in such a bad spirit <laughs> that he was like, that's how like if you guys really want to see a person who does not want to be somewhere, go watch Dana White's. I thought Dana should have run in and like cradled his head, like giving him a hug. I was waiting for that. It just didn't happen. He's a disappointed father. No, 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 your horse to the glue factory is probably the most half metaphor (laughs) you could possibly come up with now. I I would say this. Okay. So yes, all of those things and more. Can I give you one funny outcome in all of this? I also thought it would be funny if you know, they've had John Jones in heavyweight mode. Like you're going to go fight, get fat, get big. It would be a little funny if Dana called him. They're like, Khabib will catch weight if you can get down to 175. What are your thoughts? Just to send him into a spin because he deserves it. I, I would tell you this. Uh, one, that also is a meme that was put up by our friends over at Because Jitsu. We didn't take that joke for you. I promise you, Kevin did not see that. Oh, I don't read your I stuff. Can Sorry. <laughs> yeah, oh, no, I'm kidding. Also, I do see him sometimes. but I think he up. did one better where he said, not John Jones, but Brock Lesnar. And I think that was the punchline. And I thought that was great. Uh, Khabib versus Brock Lesnar is a very funny uh, theoretical fight. What I would tell you, though, is this, Kev. When they get around to talking about what do we do next? And Dana was super pissed about that backflip. And you know what? That's one of the few things Dana said yesterday that I was into. The other thing that Dana said that I was into was when he was talking about Conor McGregor and didn't really know how to put it into context. He then started spouting Rocky three metaphors where he goes, you guys know one of my favorite movies is Rocky and Rocky three. I love those movies. And, uh, you know, Rocky three, it's like you're living on a yacht and you're, 
doing all these crazy things and it's, you know, are you still hungry? You either you're there or you're not. And I go, I expected a lot of things tonight, but for Dana to dig deep into his Rocky metaphors, you know, he is hurting. He's deep sad. On I know. That's it's like uh, what Dana does at 2 a.m. is I guess watch TBS <laughs> at night. Absolutely. So, okay, let's get back to this, which is the very simple thing. Chandler doing a backflip. Don't ever want to see it. Red, How has scared? There ever been... I know. I want to dissect this. Go on. Red, is there ever been a post-win celebration? Like, you at your craziest. What is the craziest post-win celebration you have ever done? Because I've seen you win a lot. And I don't think I've ever seen you do anything that would be remotely close to any of that. No, hell no. I just start, try to get the hell out of there. You know what I mean? I did my business and I'm out. Peace out. I'm trying to go home. <laughs> <laughs> so do you ever in your mind think maybe I should do a backflip? Because Kevin and I have never hell had no. this adrenaline like this. Nah, hell no. I ain't trying to land on my head. I know better than that. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Know you. What I mean? Yes. Get hurt. Get hurt on, you know, after the fight rather than actually during the fight. I'm good. Because there is a lot of worry as a person who does uh, photography for these events. When I see fighters even climb the cage and I go, I just come on, guys, let's let's go home. We're good. Right. I think we can wrap this up. Uh, All right. So, Red, I would ask you this, though. I know things were weird on the Chandler pick for you, but what did you think about that? What do you think that makes it exciting? Who do you want to see him go? Because you said Oliveira. I think that's great great matchup do you agree that he needs to kind of fight his way up a little bit more though before you see him fight for a title yeah definitely definitely he he has to win at least two more i'd say two more because he's he was already you know really good uh you know in in bellator so i mean for him to put on a performance like that against number six put him out especially dan hooker of all all the people he actually knocked him out you know what i mean so um two more fights you know top tier guys you know probably put him against uh Gaethje and Oliveira those would be like two I'd say and then go from there that's the hard part is when they weren't mentioning what Gaethje's into I started thinking if Poirier's probably going to be arm forced into something I think it's either a Connor rematch because they figure they'll sell that pretty well but yeah. if they're thinking what's the most prestigious way to go about this I'm thinking they say, hey, listen, you got to fight Gagey again. Like, yep. you guys I'm are just at a different spot uh, in your careers now. And I know you probably don't want to, but yeah. do it again. And then now you're the champ. I think they're both, they both improved. So I'd like to see that fight for sure. Word. All right. We'll talk about this. What were your thoughts on the Jessica I fight, sir? Um, You know, Jessica I was just, she was trying to go, you know, toe-to-toe, hit-for-hit, and that was just like a poor game plan. Calderwood mm. just pieced her up. She, she, you know what I mean? She she, uh, she pretty much schooled her. You know what I mean? It wasn't even close. She's getting front snap kicked, kicked in all directions. Calderwood did a great job after each flurry. As she was backing out, she'd throw something to create that distance again. I thought that was genius, and she did that, you know, consistently. And she never really did the same routine more than once. You know what I mean? Everything mm-hmm. was different. So that was and just I have to give it to to Calderwood as well. I thought her in the clinch was money. Oh, yeah. The knees, man. The knees were awesome. 
I also want to go into this because this was an interesting one. The uh, Mahmoud Muradov fight, who we aptly nicknamed on the fight companion Murder Dog. Um, this has an interesting decision. Or, I'm sorry, mm-hmm. result written. Flying knee mm-hmm. with punches. And it's the first time I've seen a combo. I like it. Yeah. Kev, what happened was, you know when in Street Fighter you kind of move the joystick up a couple times and then it makes a three-hit combo? <laughs> like, that's essentially what happened there. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Ran in the tail. Did he... <laughs> I guess... Hold on, that's the one thing I haven't checked. Was <laughs> He must have gotten performance of the night then. How many flying knees do we see? He did get one of the performances of the night. In fact, there were just four performances of the night, no fight of the night. This may come back to give us more information as we get to a result a little bit later. But your four performances of the night went to Dustin Poirier, Michael Chandler, Mahmoud Muradov, and Marina Rodriguez, who I actually want to talk about next. Uh, Kev, I don't know that you saw this one. I don't think that you did with Vitell being as riveting as I'm sure it was. But Red... Can you tell me what your thoughts were when it almost looked like Herb Dean stopped that fight? Yeah, that's not, he, he came in acting like he was going to stop the fight. So automatically, especially being that Rodriguez was still standing, she stopped, which I think just about anybody would have done. You know what I mean? Because I, I thought it was over, too. I was like, oh, it's over. And then he backed away, and it's like, dude, you just totally like psyched her out. I mean, I'm sure everyone thought it was like, whoa, what the hell's going on? But he let her continue, and then you know, she still ended up winning. But still, it's just like some people, like, when you give them that second chance, they come back and make them also that, that opportunity of not, you know, the ref stopping it. So that was definitely a, a questionable almost stoppage. The only thing that tripped me up was I thought he had touched, uh, again, uh, Rodriguez here. He did not. And, it, and no, that was the thing that tripped me up. He looked like he was right on top of it. But one thing that you aptly mentioned was the fact that he was motioning like he was going to stop it. So that's why to me, oh, I said, oh, okay, we're there. good here. Yeah, he was just about there. He was already hunched over, about to touch it, and out of nowhere, he pulled his arms back. And he just, like, ghosted away. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And honestly, I would have been okay with the, the stoppage right there. And, Kev, just to let you yeah. know, the intention of this whole thing uh afterwards marina rodriguez said yeah no i got two knockouts yesterday essentially oh yeah for sure that's, i think that that's excellent i always that should be a stat by the way close to finishes so, just so we can yes. talk about it like the surrender index in the nfl would be awesome Let's talk about this because i think this is an important note normally when i tell you guys hey listen here are the fights that happen every once in a great while there's a consolidation usually it's due to too fat this next fight which headlined the prelims kev is one of the most absurd things i've heard in some time so red how familiar are you with the fact that somebody got cut from the ufc and as a result they ended up makeshifting armand sakurian versus matt frivola Hold on. Repeat that. So Armin Sakarin versus yeah. Matt Vola. Yeah. Are you aware of any of the backstory of how this fight got consolidated together? Oh, no. Okay. Kev, 
did you take a look at any of the thing Mm-mm. that I said? This is a weird one. I have not yet. You told me, and I was like, I can't wait to hear why. Oh, man. I will butcher part of this, but I guarantee you it's no more or less absurd than the reality of it. So apparently both of these gentlemen had different fights. I'm going to read you the Wikipedia entry because I think it will help understand exactly what happened. On the day of the weigh-ins, a couple lightweight bouts suffered major changes due to several issues. Ottoman Azatar and Matt Frivola were scheduled to meet in the preliminary portion of the event. However, it was announced that Azatar was pulled from the bout and had his contract terminated after it was determined that he had violated the COVID-19 health and safety protocols as he attempted to help others enter the UFC's designated safety zone. Oh, that's right. I remember hearing about this. Some guy, uh, some guy delivered a package to him, and it was just like, I think I seen a meme that it, it, I think it said uh, he risked it all for some uh, some food delivery. <laughs> and Kev, the fact that it involved people cutting off wristbands and giving it to other people when people snuck in, they had disguises. Once they got into one of the places, they ended up doing that weird. Uh, scale across the back of the building sort of thing in between balconies. Like, they were, and I will quote Red here with full, complete irony intact, they risked it all, Kev. And the fact that Dana, when pressed about what's in that bag, had no answer. And I swear to God, when people said there was something in the bag or what's in the bag, and then I started thinking of the ludicrous song where it's like, what's in that bag? What you got in that bag? And that's all I could think about when anybody was saying it because I go, I don't know what the fuck there is in that bag. So I legitimately want to know now that they keep fucking with us and just telling us there was something in there. And I go, well, that's probably the key as to why they risked it all. Somebody who I was training with today looked at me and said, you think it's like steroids? And I go, first of all, worst steroid delivery anybody has ever seen in their life. Also, too late for steroids, question? Uh, I don't know. Well, but. this is getting, I'm reading more now about about mm. this. I'm reading like where, okay, that makes sense. But Sarikyan also missed weight. So yes. his delivery driver just must not have gotten photographed. <laughs> and we don't really know why Frivola's opponent Hop Paras withdrew. It was like, I guess, illness, but he missed weight yes. or not missed. He didn't come to weigh ins. <laughs> they were like, why? He was like, illness. I'm out. And for fat points, Saryukan had to donate 20% of his purse. Yes. That's crazy. <laughs> Poor guy. Like, that's an interesting. What a. What a dartboard that must have looked like as they were trying to get this worked out. They're like, well, can we have Saryukan? It's like, he's fat. It's like, how fat? Four pounds. Ugh. And he got down to 157, Raph, so I guess the going mm. rate is 10% per pound. And that's kind of awesome. Mm. They should, like, mm. make that a thing. Red, I would if tell you, you this. Red, would you give up 10% of your purse for, like, one more trip to Applebee's? Hell no. Perfect. All right. I'm an idiot. <laughs> I was just going to say, I was like, I like when they say... They withdrew from the bout due to an undisclosed illness. Like, that's me trying to get out of a roll with Red, where they're like, Raph, why don't you want to roll with Red? I'd be like, I have an undisclosed illness. Well, what is it? I don't want to. I, I can't disclose it. It's undisclosed. It's like, I'd it's, rather but it's not. An Thank you. 
Mm-hmm. It's bad. It's not COVID, but it's bad. I can't. Ugh. Um, I want to go down to this because this was weird. Uh, you had Brad Tavares looking pretty solid over Antonio Carlos Jr. Juliana Pena versus Sarah McMahon. I wanted to ask you about this one specifically, Red, because did you have it as McMahon winning and what turned the tide for Juliana Pena? No, I had Pena winning just because, you know, I mean, she's more, she's, uh, she's evolutionized. Sarah McMahon, she's, you know, wrestler based for striking so-so. Uh, she's just like, uh, she's a little outdated to be honest compared to these up and coming fighters. Kenya's always constantly evolving and she's just a warrior, you know what I mean? So I, I definitely had her winning. Uh, but like I said, McMahon obviously has the wrestling background, really good wrestling, uh, uh, pedigree, but you know, it's just not enough alone in MMA anymore. You gotta, you gotta have a whole lot of weapons. Yeah. I mean, Kev McMahon was arguably winning the fight and uh pena was able to pull out a rear naked choke at just the opportune moment in the third round so friend of the show juliana pena getting a win very happy for her and then uh, marcine Pracino ends up getting a decision win over khalil roundtree jr i want to bring this up because uh most of our evil did defeat nick lentz and he was piecing him up bad dude like it was concerning how how bad he was beating him up come to find out nick was saying that he took some kind of eye injury it was like dude it just made it so hard and first credit nick was trying to put in some guillotines and a couple of them looked even if they weren't gonna finish like decent enough like they were uh creating some hesitancy to mo's var but Man, good fight there. And then uh, Amir Albazi ends up getting the win over Zagalas Zumagalov. So, now that we've gone all the way through here, I'm going to ask you, Red, how do you feel about your picks? Did you remember who you were picking? Did that add any pressure to the way that you were watching this event? Yeah, I mean, I remembered most of them. Some of them, I was like, oh, shit. The names are so similar and they're, they're a little off. I, I'm not sure what I picked. <laughs> It's routine. I, I cannot tell you how many times I get texted midway through the card by the people who participate in Over Under Kevin, where they go, who'd I pick? And I was like, go listen to the show. Yeah, I know. Why, why do you think I'm going to, like, I'm not here. I'm not your butler. Go ask Suri who you pick. Don't ask me. <laughs> oh, um, you did not do that, so I would not put you on blast. But it is very, very normal to have a certain kind of nervousness about it. Kevin, I guess I would ask you this. As somebody who, no, no, we're not. Here comes the champ. Put some respect on my name when you talk to me, Raph. (laughs) Kev, I I suppose that, yes, it is probably time to reveal that you did win. Would you mind telling us how much you won by? I won by, well, it's divisible within itself. Uh, Three to one ratio. (laughs) I came in with the funnest part of the number, the nine, while my opponent was able to just accomplish three correct wins. Horrible. (laughs) (laughs) I I understand, yes. Horrible is a good way to present it. How do you feel? Man, there was some surprising fights. Like, what the hell? Just like the, the whole night was surprising, you know what I mean? 
You and I both. It was funny because Raph's like, "Did you guys have a lot of them together?" I was like, "We did. All three of his correct, and two of the ones we both missed for uh, almost six picks." We interestingly enough, um, we both picked the fighter at least who showed, which was nice. Out of the fights that didn't make it, we did not pick the steroids delivery or the illness undisclosed. Um, but yeah, Calderwood. Go ahead. Sorry, I'm talking over you. I'm saying of all the things the guy could have used instead of cutting the band, it's like where the hell's the drones at? You know what I'm saying? You guys got some money? Drones, damn it. We're in Abu Dhabi. But I had Calderwood over uh, Miss I, which my opponent have. Evlov, we tied on. We both had Shoe-Faced. Then we both had Pena. I had Chandler. You had Hooker. Um, We both had Albazi. I had Muradov because I like, uh, you know, I like the jib. I like the murder dog. That's a great nickname, by the way. We both had Rebus. I had Procinio because it reminded me of a fancy cheese, as is noted here. Um, then we both actually we both pick Harquars, so we both pick undisclosed illness, sadly. And then my pick of the night outside of Sarukyan Poirier over McGregor. Big win. Solid pick. Solid pick. Yeah. There- Plus two seventy. Thank you, Vegas. Uh, I would ask you this red is there anybody that you're mad at that just didn't deliver for you uh to be honest no not really okay the ones that's, i want to very win honorable of you. they were pretty good uh i definitely didn't see uh i wouldn't say i was mad but i definitely didn't see connor getting dusted like that he got dusted I, by dust yeah i don't I would tell you this. I had friends who were giving me some pushback on uh, picking Chandler. And I just told them, listen, dude, I hear you. I hear what you're saying. I just have a funny feeling. And then when he knocked it out, I said, I look like a genius. Not so much in the main event. Because it's not like I was rooting against Poirier or I didn't think he was capable of knocking Connor out. But statistically, that was the first time that Connor has been knocked out in his whole career. So, yeah, exactly. It just didn't seem like it would be 100% a likelihood. But, yes, there were a lot of people who were very surprised as to the events that happened yesterday. Kevin, I think it's important that you give some parting words to Red. Because now that you've finished competing against him, I think it's important that we put him back on the winning path. Because we want to see him win at Combat Jiu-Jitsu. Wear a singlet. Wait, what was the bet was the singlet challenge, is all my drunk ass wrote. What was the actual... Challenge? Damn it. Well, Red, do you remember what you were kind of proposing? Because if I remember correctly, I thought this was a combination of you and Kevin saying some nonsense. Yeah, I know. Uh, he, he was saying that he wanted to do the singlet and just say nice things about the champ. Yes. <laughs> 30 seconds. That sounds like That sounds so like basically me. He wants to see another guy in tights uh, saying good things about him. Yeah. Everyone has their thing, you know what I mean? Well, I didn't. I just know like the idea that that you Red is like in Cancun. I would have bet something there. Like has to wear a singlet at C- coming back Jiu-Jitsu Worlds. I don't know. I think the weirdest part of that whole situation was Red being like, you know, I don't have a singlet because I was just like, bro, you did wrestle like 
There's no reason Kevin and I should have one other than the fact that we have a sponsor that just makes that shit. But when you don't have one, I was like, yeah, we really, for no reason, should have any part of these. Oh, man. Well, Red, we know that you're going to do that bet. We look forward to it. You're going to have to say nice things. I will add maybe a caveat here. What you could do is you could, this could save some face for you, uh, you could beat up one of the Ariella brothers. We never said you had to do something that was 100% nice. Um, you could just do one of the things. I think the weirdest thing about you is that if you were just in a singlet and doing one of your inspirational posts, but just talking about Kevin, nobody would bat an eye. But if Kevin and I appear in a singlet in one of our videos, people are like, what the fuck's wrong with you guys? <laughs> You're going to be on that CJJ stage. You're going to be like, I got to shout it out. You're going to win. I can already feel it. This has been humbling for you. We can hear it in your voice. This is what you needed as you go into competition because no one's going to bring the heat like this. This is back to fighting. Uh, At Red Jitsu. (laughs) (laughs) At Red Jitsu, where he'll be dedicating the motivation. But, Rap, we got to get out of here. Yeah. Kevin has to uh, get to a Chiefs game right now. Well, Red, listen, dude, we're so stoked that you showed up this week. We are not only just pulling for you to win combat jiu-jitsu, but we're always stoked whenever we see you on a card. You always bring it. You're always entertaining. And uh, I really do get a kick out of every time we get to do an interview because you have what I believe is a very good competition mindset. You go out there, you give a show. And you're always highly respectful to your fellow competitors and to all of us. And I, just the way that you treat all the staff, even when you win and all those great things, those are things that I notice and I take good uh, observations of. So your success is not surprising and it is not something that we take for granted, but we're happy that you're able to make time to chat with us, my man. Yes, sir. I appreciate the time. That'll do it for us tonight here at Verbal Tap. I'm Kevin. Thanks for listening. Good night and good fight. The number you have dialed has been changed. The new number is... Please note, the new number is...